time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. Whitewater Tyranny. Twitter and neoliberal workplace. So, have you not tokenized once?
service for you this morning on Labor and Love. We'll be with you in a few minutes. In the meantime, enjoy and happy Saturday.
with you now on Labor and Love, Ullman Brothers' version of a classic working class blues.
That's how I was As if that was my life My hope and my mind But I worked in a bake shop Did the housework at night And there was no time to stop or a young bird in flight well in time there were babies and I had to make us a home Joe was working Time. 
more than the rumba. If you think that the two-step got 'em, just take a look at this number. It's got that certain swing that makes you wanna sing. Don't go left, but be polite. Move to the right, doing the reactionary. Close your eyes to where you're bound, and you'll be found doing the reactionary. All the best dictators do it. Millionaires keep stepping to it. The four hundred love to sing it. Ford and Morgan swing it, hand up high and shake your head. You'll soon see red doing the reactionary. Don't go left, but be polite. Move to the right. Doing the reactionary. Close your eyes to where you're bound, and you'll be found doing the reactionary. All the best dictators do it. Millionaires keep stepping to it. The 400 love to sing it. Okay, there's our opening set, such as it is. You're tuned to Mutiny Radio. Those first 16 minutes were for uh, technical difficulties, but we're back now. That set included, most recently, Barbara Streisand, a very young Barbara Streisand, singing a song, doing the reactionary, from the musical Pins and Needles musical that was written and produced by women's and ladies' garment workers' union. Thirties, we've had a rerun in the fifties. Pins and needles, all about working in a factory, clothing factory. What happens? Strike happens. Well, that we had Barbara Dane. I heard an interview with Barbara Dane this week. A uh, woman into her 90s now. For many, many years, a strident, strident. Uh, she t- entitled her uh, her album, I Hate the Capitalist System. And that last one was, I'm a working woman and the future is mine. And before that, a conversation with one of the other DJs here inspired me to put on Stormy Monday Blues, a version by the Allman Brothers of a classic, classic T-Bone Walker song about the life of working people. We call it Stormy Monday, but Tuesday's just as bad. Well, let me introduce myself, in case you don't know. This is The Bee. My name is Bill Morgan. 
And this show, which is produced by me here at Mutiny Radio. We, we At Mutiny Radio, we have a physical space, 2781 21st Street. We're just gearing up for the seventh annual, the seventh annual comedy festival. Um, here at Mutiny, we're the, the center of the underground comic movement, comedy movement in San Francisco. Every week, three or four shows, live shows as well, about comedy, how-to. You can get up and test out your, your licks. You're just beginning. You can try it out. And people, other comics, will sit and listen to what you have to say. They will criticize it in a constructive way. Hope you understand what you're doing that works. And then they'll go over to what isn't working and what you might be able to improve. Reminds me of the... uh, great saxophone players of the late 30s and 40s having uh, contests, competitions. At any rate, that's happening here at Mutiny Radio, and it's also true that we have a radio station here, and you're listening to it. We have uh, 30, 40 shows about all different things. If you listen to our breaker, you can hear some of the things it's about. In my case, the show is called Labor and Love Radio, and it's about by, for uh, the working people, working people of San, of the Mission District of San Francisco, of California, of the USA, of the world. And it will have our world labor report. So come on down to Mutiny and find your voice. We've got art installations. We've got video shows. Uh, it's, a, it's a community art center, what it was call it a radio station, but it's a lot more than that. So come on down and try it out. On this show, Labor and Love, we have uh, some credos, things that we believe in, and hopefully you do too. Let's take a look at some of those. Every week we take a look at some of our credos. So you're not that into politics. Your boss is. Your landlord is. Your insurance company is. And every day they use their political power to keep your pay low, raise your rent, and deny your coverage. Time to get into politics. We'll have a feature today about how Republican attorney generals all over the nation are working to Keep your pay low. Immigrants? Immigrants? 
hmm, can I tell you a secret? I don't even care if they're undocumented immigrants in this country. Without Social Security numbers, they aren't privy to the welfare people think they get. The vast majority of them are normal people trying to live a better life. This whole wall, what a piece of theater. The whole wall, deport the illegals, BS is just the 1% convincing the working poor to blame a subset of the working poor for the fact that they're all poor. Divide and conquer has always been the tool of the bosses. Instead, people don't realize that they're all poor because of the income inequality. Billionaires, millionaires produced every day. The vast price inflation in combination with wage stagnation. In other words, you're poor because you don't get paid enough money. The existence of another poor person is not why you're poor. Because the people who control everything refuse to increase your wages. How about that, huh? Let's see. How about a couple more? When the penalty for aborting after rape is more severe than the penalty for rape, that's when you know it's a war on women. Imagine now. Woman gets raped. She is made pregnant. She is forced to have the baby. In some states, she's forced to let the rapist father visit the baby. And she can get penalized if she decides not to have the baby. Meanwhile, rape is something like 8% of all rape cases ever end up in anyone doing any time. What can you say, huh? What can you say? Couple more. And this one is a key one for me because one of my causes, the cause that animates a lot of my work is labor education. And here's the great Utah Phillips talking about labor education. Kids don't have a little brother working in the coal mine. They don't have a little sister coughing her lungs out in the looms of the big Milton of the Northeast. Why? Because we organized. We broke the back of the sweatshops in this country. We have child labor laws. Those are not benevolent gifts from enlightened management. They were fought for. They were bled for, they were died for by working people, by people like us. Kids ought to know that. That's why I sing these songs. That's why I tell these stories, damn it. No root, no fruit. 
Well, okay, that'll do for credos for this week. Think about these things, because there really are people who are trying to lower your wages and raise your rent <laughs> and raise the cost of health care and the cost of food, all the things you need to live a decent life. Here's a bit of here's a bit of uh, positive news that happened this week. Gavin Newsom signing an order They barely noticed. Gavin Newsom signed a bill about voting rights. Uh, that's one of the major issues in our time. Voting. Let's see what KCRA has to say about it. One thing we do get, though, is an election is uh, in front of us. And there's a lot of concern and anxiety uh, around uh, this November's election in terms of making sure that you can conduct yourself in a safe way and to make sure your health is protected and to make sure that we are reaching out uh, to all registered eligible voters and giving them the opportunity and giving them the choice uh, not to feel like they have to go into a concentrated dense environment where their health may be at risk but provide an additional asset and additional resources by way of voting by mail. I signed an executive order uh, about an hour ago uh, that will allow every registered voter in the state of California to receive a mail-in ballot. That mail-in ballot is important, but it's not an exclusive substitute to physical locations. People that otherwise uh, are not familiar with mail-in ballots, uh, are uncomfortable with them, uh, may have disabilities, uh, may have other issues that may preclude that as an appropriate option. We still want to have the appropriate number of physical sites for people to vote as well. We've been working with our extraordinary Secretary of State, Alex Padilla, for many, many months on this. Uh, he has not hesitated since the beginning of this pandemic to make this one of his top priorities. We're also working with legislative uh, leaders that also want to share their voice in this space as well. In the executive order uh, to release uh, a framework of getting a mail-in uh, ballot, we also have put in some specific language about the need in the next days and weeks, by the end of this month at the latest, uh, to put together a very detailed plan on physical locations uh, that need to be set up uh, for Okay, that was Newsom talking about voting. This one is on Casey earlier in the in the year. This one is about specifically about farm workers. And um 
Well, here at home, Governor Newsom has signed legislation that expands union rights for farm workers. The governor was under a lot of pressure on this one. KCRE3's Maricela de la Cruz joins us live from the state capitol. The UFW had been holding a vigil there for weeks, and Maricela, we see people dancing, so they're clearly happy. Well, many are celebrating after this pleasant surprise. Nobody out here was really expecting Governor Newsom to show up and sign AB 2183 today. Some of them told me that they had even lost some hope. 335 miles later and a 31-day vigil outside the state capitol. This afternoon, Governor Gavin Newsom showed up unannounced at the United Farm Workers Vigil set up and signed AB 2183. Totally unexpected. Xochitl Nunez walked the 24 days from Delano to Sacramento and hopes that Newsom would sign the bill, which would allow farm workers in the state to vote in union elections without fear of retaliation from their employers. She says that she was in disbelief when she saw Newsom behind her and cried. Gracias a Dios, hoy los campesinos tenemos derecho a trabajar en contrato de unión. As she expressed gratitude for the right to join unions outside of her employer. The UFW, the Newsom administration, and the California Labor Federation agreed on clarifying the bill's language to be passed during next year's legislative session and which will address Newsom's concerns around implementation and voting integrity. The UFW uh, will work with the governor and the legislature in coming up with some changes to the legislation uh, that will ease the implementation of AB 2183, make it a better law. The supplemental agreement between the three agencies includes a cap on the number of card checked petitions over the next five years and will allow the California Agricultural Labor Relations Board to protect worker confidentiality and safety. And Newsom's signature also marks an end for this vigil. They had been out here for 30 nights, 31 days, as we remember, enduring a record heat wave. Live at the Capitol, Maricela de la Cruz, KCR 3 News. Okay, earlier Newsom had signed, um, in May, I believe that first part was, where he signed the bill for mail-in ballots for all voters. This one is more concerned with farm workers being able to vote securely. In other words, in many places on where farm workers would vote, the votes were collected by the employer or an agent of the employer. Um, in several Several situations, votes were opened, and who knows what had happened to them. Anyway, this makes it, this is a card, you have to sign a card that says you want to have a union. Okay, you don't have to, you might have to go through pressure and everything, but at least you can secretly vote and securely vote now. This lady was so overcome by uh, the governor's presence that he uh, that she started to cry. Governor Gavin Newsom. Well, we've got some features here. 
what are we going to talk about today? Well, the U.S. is the most overworked, developed nation in the world. We work more hours than any other developed country. The strike that started the red wave 10 years ago, Chicago teachers set off a fuse spread all over the country, continues to apply itself even now. Did you realize the average American worker takes less vacation time than a medieval peasant? I didn't. Minor league baseball players get a contract. Here's the one we were talking about, about people who want to cut your wages. We've got uh, Tom Morello playing an old union song, giving his opinion about unions. Frontier strikes, your airlines struck and won a couple of their demands. Radio Labor, which we will play. Labor History in Two. Gavin Newsom. Okay, let's play. I wanted to play a, a jumpy, spiteful little tune by Artie Shaw and his orchestra. And Shaw, who was a swing clarinetist, one of the best, certainly one of the best white clarinets, right up there with Benny Goodman, say, even more.
Easier in robbery. Empty mentioned.
The Wait, a Playing for Change production uh, with a uh, group together, musicians from all over the world playing a single song and keep cutting to different different scenarios where the playing's going on. Before that, we had Bishop Bullwinkle with a nod to my best buddy, Earl Coleman, who we tragically lost this year. Bishop Bullwinkle. Uh-uh with a nana. And before that, as I, as I said, Artie Shaw with some zippy weekend jazz, Summit Ridge Drive. It's about 11 now. We still have to go through our labor beat, but I do want to play our radio labor collection because it connects us to workers all over the world. Remember, in every time, in every space, in every land and climb, workers have stood up to make their lives and jobs better, in many cases just to get a minimum wage and a work situation they can stand. So, Radio Labor World Report, we'll come back with our labor beat. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, September 30th, 2022. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, how an Australian union won protection for public service workers, gender activism and climate change, the Labor Start report about union events and singing. This is Radio Labour. Privatisation just doesn't work. That is Maddie Norton. Ms. Norton is the Regional Director of the Australian Capital Territory Section of the country's Community and Public Sector Union, the CPSU. The section, which operates under its acronym ACT, is centred around the Australian capital of Canberra. In a recent webinar, she described how a successful ACT campaign to protect public services was conducted. This has been a really long-standing campaign, um, but I'm not going to even say it was the CPSU. It was actually, this stemmed from Public Service International People's Inquiry into Privatisation all the way back in 2017, uh, which did a bit of a road trip all around Australia talking to uh, unions, the community sector, anyone who was interested in coming along. Um, and unsurprisingly, it found that privatisation just doesn't work. Uh, from here, the CPSU, uh, actually our, our former political lead, Karen Atherton, she came to me one day and she said, I really think this is something, the findings of the People's Inquiry into Privatisation is something that the CPSU should put into action. And I think the ACT government will be the place to do it. So we thought, okay, big job, but we'll, we'll give it a go. And um, and so we started doing our campaign plan. Uh, and we are lucky in that 
Um, we have both a fantastic membership here in the ACT government, and we also have um, a long-term labour pro-worker government as well, which really helped move things along, particularly when uh, our in industrial, uh, any movement on the industrial side of things has been uh, really dampened in the past 10 years because we've had a conservative government at the federal level, so we're able to find a local, uh, you know, territory government where we could actually do this. So, back in July uh, 2020, we officially launched the Public Services in Public Hands campaign. There was a, uh, a territory election in October or November 2020, and we got members involved. So it wasn't just us at the union running it. You know, we were doing petitions. We were getting our members uh, who were affected uh, going and meeting with ministers and backbenchers to talk about the impact that this would have on their work and the quality of work that could be delivered if uh, all these services that over generations have been outsourced to the private sector, not for, not for profits, NGOs, uh, if they were done by the government uh, with you know everything that comes along with that. So a better service delivery, but also we know that government jobs, uh, generally speaking, have much better pay-in conditions than uh, doing the equivalent work in the private sector or the NGO sector. Uh, so, from July uh, all the way through the end of the year, we ran a, um, a really big uh, election campaign uh, trying to pressure the ACT government into committing to an insourcing framework. And it was in support of candidates who said that they would be standing up for public services and secure jobs. Uh, there was no way we were going to be campaigning for anyone who didn't agree to that agenda. So just prior to the election, we had a win. The ACT Labor uh, committed to protecting our public services to make sure that they stay in public hands. Now, it's fantastic to get that commitment, but there was still more work to do because uh, while ACT Labor is in government, we are now sharing government with uh, the ACT Greens Party. And I think most of you in your countries have a Greens Party, same sort of thing here. Uh, which meant there had to be a parliamentary govern governing agreement between both parties. Uh, and thankfully, we had good people at the table from the Labor Party who managed to include commitment to legislate to prevent the outsourcing or privatisation of public sector jobs and implement a whole-of-government policy that government services will not be contracted out where they could be performed by public servants. What we have is a commitment for legislation to be in place by the end of 2022. One of the ways climate change activism can be encouraged is to promote the connection between climate and gender. That is the central message in a campaign being conducted by Education International. EI is the Global Union Federation for Teachers and Other Education Workers. It represents more than 30 million union members in 172 countries. A recent EI webinar presented the work of women climate change activists in Uganda. Here is one of the webinar's participants. My name is Vanessa Nakate. I am a climate justice activist from Uganda with the Rise Up Movement and Fridays for Future and I'm also the author of A Bigger Picture. When I studied the climate strikes in Uganda, most of the times I was doing these strikes by myself. And then I started to reach out to different schools to be able to speak to students. 
and to tell them about the, the importance of protecting our environment and the role that the young people have in ensuring that we have a safe and healthy planet for all of us. I also started to speak to my friends that I had gone to school with about the climate movement and asking them to join the movement and start striking for the climate. I remember in the beginning, many of them were hesitant to join the movement because we were just finishing university and we were 21, 22, 23, and many of my friends felt like the movement was only for teenagers at that time mm -hmm. in 2019. So I remember suggesting that we call ourselves Youth for Future. So that is when we, we made the first group and we were calling ourselves Youth for Future from Uganda. And we started to strike together and organize together and reach out to schools together. But now we changed our name to the Rise Up Movement in 2020. And what we are doing in Rise Up Movement is you know, reaching out to different people in schools and communities and carrying out climate education and also you know, running a number of projects you know, like the installation of solar panels and eco-friendly cookstoves mm -hmm. in schools in Uganda, uh, providing um, fruit trees and planting fruit trees in households uh, in different parts of Uganda, a project that is led by one of the activists, Evelyn Acham. And also a project that ensures that girls and young women who have not been able to finish school are able to receive skills that can help them live more healthy lives and more sustainable lives. And this is a project, Girl on the Move, that is led by Isaac Sentum. We're also an activist within the Rise Up movement. And the other thing that we do as the Rise Up movement is to ensure that activists from the most affected areas have their voices amplified, especially from the African continent. We know how Africa is suffering some of the worst impacts of the climate crisis. So some of the things that we do is to try and find opportunities for platforms or interviews for activists to be able to speak and tell their stories. We believe that every activist has a story to tell and every story has a solution to give and every solution has a life to change. Here with his report about union events is Labour Story correspondent Derek Blackadder. This week, our top story section included links to coverage of the International Labor Organization's call for a revitalized global labor movement, the persecution of journalists covering the anti-hijab protests in Iran, just as Iranian oil workers threatened to strike in support of those same protests, and how trade unions in Haiti are somehow managing to continue to organize workers in the struggle for basic labor rights and an improved standard of living despite the chaos in that country. We also carried news of the hostile environment for unions at Botswana Post, an increase in the minimum wage for garment workers in Cambodia, and the bleak analysis of the Zimbabwean economy just released by unions there.
For our Working Women page, our volunteers found news items about the struggles of women taxi drivers in Lesotho, the participation of Palestinian workers in the first-ever conference of Arab women trade unionists, and renewed efforts by Irish trade unions to accurately gauge and to reduce the gender pay gap in that country. A small sample of the stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week includes coverage of a new coordinated workplace safety campaign by textile unions in Morocco, Jordan, Tunisia, Egypt, and Palestine. We also covered the successful end of a safety strike by oil workers in Argentina and reports that safety regulations limiting workers' exposure to high outdoor temperatures are not being enforced in the United States. We also had coverage of an innovative solidarity action by First Union in New Zealand. The union is handing out free hot dogs topped with kimchi to truck drivers. The action is meant not only to build solidarity with South Korean truckers in their safety strike, but to build awareness of safety issues, particularly fatigue, amongst First Union members. Our current photo of the week is of Portuguese transport workers who, like millions around the world, are striking for a wage increase that at least matches the rising rate of inflation. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is Australia's Victorian Trade Union Choir with You Knew Grandpa, You Knew.
future. Clean gas and oxymoron too. You had a lovely life to suit ya and never wanted to say whoa. You knew you really couldn't hack it to make the change when it was due. And now it's gonna cost a packet to fix what you neglected to. Okay, well, that's you knew, Grandpa, you knew. Looks like we lost. I wanted to play this one from Calle 13.
America, I've given you all, and now I'm nothing. America, $2.27, January 17, 1956. America, I can't stand my own mind. America, when will we end the human war? Nobody said it would be easy Nobody said that it would all be fine But to get where we're going Brother, you gotta hold the line It ain't a matter of if No, it's just a matter of time But to get where we're going Sister, gotta hold the line You gotta stay steadfast Tread lightly Yeah. <laughs>
Pomerello here, Pomerello there, with a, uh, a version of an old labor song called Hold the Line. And um, I want to move to a little bit of philosophy here. Recently, I started a new podcast called, appropriately enough, Street Corner Dialectics. And I just commute, had my first version. Now, this is about the dialectic, it's about a, a philosophical construct of how information is in different versions and different opinions pose each other and develop um, synthesis. Let's see how it goes. Interested in seeing how it came out. Here we go. Hello, everybody. This is Bill Morgan, and this is All Things Labor on... Street Corner Dialectics, and today we're going to talk about the first strike in history. Yes, what was the first strike in recorded history? And we know for sure it went on before recorded history. I want to talk about something called dialectics. The, the name of this show is Street Corner Dialectics, and I'm sure there are people there who don't um, know exactly what dialectics is or what it you know what it's about. Dialectic is simply a way of using your opinion. Okay, contest between dialectics is generally a way of arguing, a way of finding the flaws in your opponent's point of view. But um, dialectics also is about how things change. In dialectics, the idea is that there's something that's stated or something that's stated or something that is and begins everything. And then that goes out and acts on the world and then there's an opposition force that develops and they struggle with one another and something that's a combination of the two in some way. And then it becomes a thing or stated thing called uh, thesis, antithesis. So dialectics is the way this this show is going to be. These are going to be dialectics, but not dialectics from a philosophy book, or from the brain of some crazy professor. <laughs> this is the dialectics of the street corner, everyday dialectics. Dealing with people's lives and economic facts about their lives and the power facts about their lives. This is, we were talking earlier about the first strike, the first recorded strike. We have to say that it, dialectically it was a response to their lack of wages, their lack of food. And this was, so the dialectic began with the thesis of the pharaoh, the synthesis of the 
The employing class is always going to be greedy. There's always going to be another ne'er-do-well son. Or there's always going to be something, something going on that, that a guy has to prove himself or something by earning a lot of money. Okay, so, so the whole idea of such wealth so, yeah, so Junior wants to earn his way, too. At any rate, the strike in Egypt succeeded. After one or two months, Pharaoh's corrupt officials finally got it together to give the wages to the workers, people who were creating this beauty, this beauty and grandeur that has lasted that has lasted all this time. It's the work of regular people. Pyramid. Okay, so people say, oh, you know, I'm worried about the labor movement. Labor movement's going to hell. You know, labor movement is not. So on that very basic level, I can't really <clears throat> worry about the labor movement. Because the labor movement is a reaction. Labor reaction is, it's a, the reaction is to people who don't pay you your wages while you do the work. In this case, that's what it is. So they're reacting. Their bosses are cutting their pay, one reason or another. And... They're reacting. This is the, the antithesis. The thesis is the <clears throat> Pharaoh and the ruling class go on forever without opposition, like inertia, like a ball. But it's not a ball, is it? It's not a ball. Because an antithesis. And in this case, the antithesis, not people who have read a bunch of philosophy, they are people who have lived bitter lives who have risen to the point where they are. These are very well-off artisans who are doing this work very best. That's why I say I'm not worried about the labor movement because the rich will always go too far in their greed. That's what greed is. Notice we have a minimum wage in this country, but we don't have a maximum wealth. The rich can't be limited. Greed can't be limited. Someday I might get an idea and, and make a... So, don't worry about the labor movement. It's there because it's a response. A response to greed. All right, well, you just heard chapter one of Street Corner Dialectics. Dialectics is a way of arguing and pressing your point, finding the flaws in someone else's argument and using that flaw to destroy the argument, to combat the argument. Um, it, 
between this interchange of voices, a new situation is supposed to arrive, rise. Anyway, we'll talk more about that next week and in the weeks to come. Something. U.S. is the most overworked nation in the world. This is on 20-something finance, financial site, young workers. We as Americans work too many hours. If you don't believe so, check out the following data points that compare us to our peers around the world. Americans are often referred to as lazy. We are far from it. Work hard, we're productive, and we work a lot of hours with very little paid holiday, vacation, rental leave to show for. Let's break down some of the data. According to the Center for American Work, American Progress on the topic of work and family life balance. In 1960, only 20% of mothers worked. Today, 70% of American children live in households where all adults are employed. I don't care who stays home and who works in terms of gender. Work opportunity for all is a general choice. But when all adults are working with a household, in a household with children, that's a huge hit to the American family, three times. The U.S. is the only company in the Americas without a national paid parental leave benefit. The average is over 12 weeks of paid leave anywhere other than Europe, and over 20 weeks in Europe. Zero industrialized nations are without a mandatory option for new parents to take parental leave. Is the United States only country on a mandatory option for new parents to take parental leave? U.S. workers work an average of 1,767 hours per year Person, other uh, <coughs> developing countries or developed countries, average of 1,687. 435 hours more than German workers. 400 more hours per year than United Kingdom workers. 365 more hours a year than French workers and 169 more than Japanese workers. Of all the developed countries, only the workers in Chile, Mexico, Israel, Korea, and Costa Rica 
average more year, uh, hours worked per year. Even without a collective of labor standards, productivity per American worker has increased 430. One way to look at that is that it should take less than one quarter of the work hours toward the same standard of living as the worker in 1950. Or that our standard of living should be over four times higher. Is that the case? Obviously not. Someone is profiting. It's not the I will talk some more about these facts, these statistics right now. Time for us to get out of here. Hand you over to Mr. Flat Black Plastic, Scott Walker and his show. Remember. One person gets a dollar they didn't work for. Someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. You don't have a, a seat at the table, the negotiating table that is where you live and work, live and or work. You're on the menu. Someone else is trying to look, raise your rent. Never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. This is Labor and Love Radio signing off. Stay tuned right now for Flat Black Plastic. And have a good week and good work. Remember, only alone when you don't stand up. Are ye on a raft without a patter? We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs>
Patrick go. Namaste. Every Monday at 6 p.m., it's Joke Workshop, streaming live on mutinyradio.fm. Lift the veil from your third eye on joke creation and what it takes to be a stand-up comic in the five shakasanas of San Francisco's comedy scene. This all-ages open mic invites Always got booty, always keep rocking. She knows she don't care for diamonds and gold. She love the boys when they young or they old. Who always got some? Say for themselves. Who put the high heels back on his shelf? Tuesday, you can rock it and keep on shocking. Every week, you love the boys when they young or they old. Who always got some? Say for themselves. Who put the high heels back on his shelf? For free, they get your Tuesday night party on with two for one well drink specials during the 6 to 8 p.m. show. Check out Eventbrite to reserve your free seat every Tuesday, 6 p.m. at OMG on Savory 6th Street. Savory 6th Street. Show up to go up. watch your favorite John Hughes 80s films through a whole new lens. We'll have the subtitles on and the volume low while a panel of feminists critique these beloved movies that shaped a generation with sexist, classist, homophobic, racist plots and characters and settings along with a healthy dose of damage property. Hosted by staunch feminist Pam Benjamin at Mutiny Radio, Join us 215 for 16 Candles with Warren Kraut and Emma Brennan. 3-1 The Breakfast Club with Spencer Devine and Dominic Delgadillo. 315 Pretty in Pink with Nina G and Allison Reynolds. And 328 Some Kind of Wonderful with Mel Michelle. Hey, it's really exciting. We're going to be here. 278 121st Street screening John Hughes Films. With you, 6 o'clock, every other Wednesday, Mutiny Radio. Hey, kids. It's your pal, Spiderman. <laughs> Sorry, Spiderman. Mortimer Spiderman. When I'm not swinging through the senior facility, best in Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the Rhino, I'm headed down to Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida. They got some schlemiels doing the laugh laugh. But hey, don't be a schmuck and donate two to five dollars on, hold, hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses, the print's too small. Hold on. Venmo? That's not real. What is that, Swedish? You knew that, right? This is in San Francisco. I'll drown it on. It's nap time. The year is 2023. Oh, I wish that laughter had value and the unexpected laugh was priceless. Worry not. True entertainment has brought us a savior in who's that live.com. 
Oh, finally! An escape from the apocalyptic nightmare I live in. You can go to whosthatlive.com and buy comedy tickets. And you're in a raffle, I guess. True, 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 true productions. Weekly comedy at the best neighborhood bar in the city. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. at the Bar on Dolores at 29th and Dolores. Starting after any very important sports game that might happen to be on, you're guaranteed a night of laughter for free. And when paired with the drink specials and the nicest bartender in San Francisco, it'll become a Thursday ritual. Show up to go out for comics, and please reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite so we know you're coming to laugh. is when the comedy is the cheapest. Happy hour, the most free two hours of hour-long comedy on the radio and internet streaming live at 2781 21st Street. Come down, be in the audience. Dog-friendly. Dog fr- we are. Mutiny Radio is absolutely dog-friendly. A dog party. Ain't no party like a dog party. <laughs> dog party at Mutiny Radio. Every Friday, dog party at Mutiny Radio. Happy hour. <laughs> 278 121st Street. Happy hour. Mutiny Radio. Dot FM. Here in Dot SF. Calling all crusties, punks, and poses. Pick your posteriors up off the pavement. Pack up your pins and patches and prepare to party. The Pacific Northwest Vest Fest returns this Saturday only at the SeaTac Expo Center. Whether you're a leather lover or just a denim demon, if you're looking to dress to impress for less, do not stress. You'll find all the best in pre-distressed fest right here at the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest. With over 40 vendors selling countless crossover styles, you'll find the perfect thing for your scene. Metal, thrash, Walmart, high-vis, and everything in between. All in one place. One day only. Unless it's a jacket. If you need a jacket, take your square ass somewhere else. Never pay for fabric you don't need and ditch the sleeves, but save the rest for the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest this Saturday only at SeaTac. Bring a can of PBR, get it half price. Daddy, Daddy, what are we going to do today? At 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon? Oh, over there at the parklet in front of Atlas Cafe for Titans of Comedy. That, that's Titans of Comedy. Apparently, they've got great sandwiches, cafe drinks, and even some of my favorite beverages, like beer, wine, and sangria. All the things I drink to forget your mother. I knew Uncle Blake says you smell like a brewery. What did I say about interrupting me? Anywho, right here on 20th and Alabama in the Deep Mission, paired with tasty comedy from Bay Area's favorite comics. For free! Every Saturday, or at least the two Saturdays a month that the court mandates I have to see you. It's sunshine! And even in the drizzle, but not too much. And Daddy, remember after soccer practice when it was raining and you didn't come? I really don't. Anywho. You take it with the freezers. Reservations. Reservations on Eventbrite. Fucking public schools. In a tri-level dual world of stand-up comedy. Laughter has value, and the unexpected laugh is priceless. Who is that live.com? Comedy local shows on sale now. Everyone that purchases a ticket will automatically be entered into a true drawing. Who wants to focus on the genre of stand-up comedy and those that... Who's that? 
go to whoisthatlive.com for upcoming shows. Join us on a journey into the absurd. Stable. 